Ready, Dave? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Let's Start a Podcast About They Might Be Giants. I'm Dave Fox. And who are you over here, buddy? Hello, young man. I'm, I tricked you. I'm Jordan Cooper. Whoa. Whoa. You did trick me. I have a power to, even if someone could see me, my <laughs> voice will, will trick them. You're such a mimic. I am. I really thought there was some old piece of crap sitting in your chair. <laughs> nope, just me. Dave, I, I, like, I like you giving it an introduction because you've got a real authoritative voice. I sure do, Jordan. And you know what we're going to be talking about on this episode? I think we're up to uh, Mink Carr, right? We're going to be talking about John Henry. Speaking of cars, John Henry, <laughs> their, I'm going to get this right this time, fifth. their fifth album. Yeah. <laughs> their fifth album. This is John Henry Part 2. Or do. Or, yeah, as, for our French listeners. That's right. You know, Anchor, where we host our show, it tells us how many are listening in different places, I think. So how many are listening in France? Let's, let's it's got to be one. <laughs> Here we go. Looking up French listeners. And in France, we have less than 1%. So, totally worth it. Yeah, that's right. Most of our listeners for some reason are in uh America. America. <laughs> I know it's shocking. <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah. Before we get going, I just want to give a plug. I made a YouTube video on our much maligned YouTube channel. <laughs> Go to YouTube and look for Don't Let's Start Podcast. You'll see. I made a video out of a part of our Brian Doherty interview, the part where he talks about the making of John Henry. And, yes. and he talks about a few songs. He talks about Meet James Enzor and a few other things um, with a slideshow with photos that Brian sent me. So yes. There's some really cool stuff that he sent me. And Brian approves. He we really loved it. Yes. He, he's the a, legendary. He's just a really supportive. Brian Doherty. He's a supportive person. Just followed me on Instagram. Oh, brag. shit. You better delete <laughs> all your anti-Brian Doherty posts. <laughs> Already taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's always telling me to edit out his laughing. <laughs> but I also edit out my own laughing a lot because I do it too much out of nerves. <laughs> anyway, this is John Henry Part 2. We're going to try to tackle eh, five songs, I, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you say. I'm going to edit out all my ins. <laughs> I do that. I'll edit out a hundred ins <laughs> throughout the show. There's a lot of podcasts that I've stopped listening to because the, the people have like this tick or something sure. that really drives me nuts. No, there's a YouTube channel I had to stop uh, watching because the guy's voice drove me crazy. But I'm not one to talk, so. Well, hopefully our voices don't drive you guys crazy. Hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> or they drive you crazy in that good way, like... <laughs> Trying to well, that's like not a, a voice. <laughs> Those are just sound effects. That's my voice from now on. Sorry, I interrupted you with... <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I told you I haven't been sleeping well, so... Yeah, yeah. You know, well, take that into account. Maybe you should take a NyQuil, Dave. Nice segue. But we're not up to that yeah. song yet. <laughs> Maybe I should take a sleep in the flowers. That's right. Why didn't I say something like that? <laughs> that would have worked a lot better. Yeah. I guess the first half of John Henry has a lot of stuff about sleeping and... Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I wish I could sleep. Weird. I did. I used to actually fall asleep to this album. Do you know How that? do you fall asleep to music? Did you ever? You don't do that. You don't no. fall asleep to music. I need um, it to be quiet. <laughs> uh, this album. <laughs> well, it's not blasting. It's like <laughs> anyone who could fall asleep to noise is a sociopath. <laughs> well, so I need a fan on when I sleep. 
but that's white noise. White noise. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about like people fall asleep with but the John TV Henry on is the blasting. whitest noise of all, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, I used to actually John Henry. Uh, I never, never with any other They Might Giants albums. Maybe Flood once or twice, and it didn't work because it's really too crazy. I wouldn't be able to fall asleep with that on because I'd be rocking out too much in my yeah. bed. I'd be head banging while I was horizontal, <laughs> like the, the Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I uh, I used to fall asleep to John Henry because it, it would. I think it's a relaxation thing. It would relax me and put me in a mood. And and I it's funny because when you fall asleep to an album, you know the next day right when you fell asleep because you're like, I remember hearing Snail Shell. Anyway, we should move on to yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, first so, track yeah, we're talking about today. Yes, this is such what an assortment of tracks we have. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's my favorite album. I actually wanted to ask you, Dave. Do you think you have an answer? First half or second half? What do you? What's your favorite? Oh, it's hard. Consistent album. Yeah, yeah. Some of their albums have like a great final few songs right. and then a middle that's not it. But this this one to I'm me I'm going to say second half. Yeah, I think me too. Yeah. I think me too. But it just keeps getting like better and better. So I agree. If I only had the first half, you know, and I didn't know about the second half, I'd think that was amazing as well. I think maybe the first half is more eclectic and the second half is more consistent. Hmm. But like in terms of the sound, the genres. But... uh I think the second half, yeah, I think those. Yeah, I mean, like songs. Destination Moon and oh. No One Knows My Plan and Oh my God, Stompbox and What End of the Tour, all that. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, Not, anyway, no songs that we're talking about today. <laughs> no, we are talking about the much maligned first half of John Henry. <laughs> yeah, and we are going to talk about the epic track three. Yes, Sleeping in the Flowers. I got a crush Coffee shop clerk But she won't look up at me I've got a crush <laughs> on this song yeah. because I love it. That's sweet. This might be the biggest discussion in this episode because it's a big song. It's a. Uh, it's got girth. It's got. <laughs> it's curves. It's got curves. It knows how to use them. Um, <laughs> Dave, yeah, sleeping yeah. in the. Fl- I always start with you because you you center me. You're my. You're my base. <laughs> you're my home. I play bass. <laughs> That's right. You're my. You are literally my bass player. Yeah. <laughs> but you're also my B A S E. My B F F B A S E. We'll get to I'm the point sorry, someday. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop the episode and start over. Um, Dave, what do you think? What do you? What do I think of sleeping in a flower? Wait, first you, you <laughs> tell you. me what I. Yeah, you, you did the Bugs Bunny trick. Yeah, <laughs> wabbit hunting season. Um, what do I think of sleeping in the flowers, Dave? What do you think? I think. I think you like it. <laughs> wow, Whoa, you just you blew really my mind. know me. <laughs> well, this is definitely like a single. I'd say it right? is a single. It was a single, sort of. It was kind of like a phantom single. It's a big production, like you said. It's got a lot going on in it. Yeah, it's got. Infectious hooks. Oh my god, what a chorus. Yes, it's got the fucking horns. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fucking whores. <laughs> it's like, whoa, Dave, whoa. Um, it's <laughs> a big mic. production. It's got the yeah. the great guitar solos and stuff. Oh, There's, we're going to talk all about yeah, those. Yeah. I Adrian. discovered a lot about this song today. And as we said in our last episode, it's, it's one of their longest songs that they've I couldn't believe it. ever put out. And it goes by like And that. unrelated thing, 
next is really short and seems longer. <laughs> That's right. To me. Yeah, no, you're right. Sleeping in the Flowers is, uh, there's so much to say about it, about its origins. I'll say it's it's just a huge favorite song of mine. Love it. I've, I was thinking the other day, like, I can't believe they don't play this live. Mm. There's so, I mean, this is a bigger topic, I guess, but there's almost no John Henry songs have survived, <laughs> like, the live experience. Yeah, um, yeah. I thankfully saw them in 96 when there was still a good amount still in the show my first show ever but sleeping in the flowers is one i i would think would survive but um it it has a showstopper it it is maybe they need the horns too much they have the horn. they, have they, have, horn they often have the horns yeah because they do a dirt bike that did survive yeah i was thankful to see that yeah maybe that and like end of the tour and ensor maybe that's about it right and spy which oh is spy of course spy. yeah and that, yeah. that that's really it I just have very vivid memories when I was like 14, 15, listening to John Henry. This one resonated with me a lot because of its themes of uh, love, uh, unrequited yeah. love and crushes, which Flansburg doesn't directly state that so yeah. much in other songs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this to me is like a teenage song. And this album to me is a teenage album. And I feel like a lot of the songs capture like a teen angst or hmm. are parodying teen angst, as we'll see. Sure. Um, and to me, the song is just like a, it's, it really feels like a teen teenager song because of the way you kind of what the chorus goes into, but the way you inflate things and mm-hmm. and everything's so, such a big concept, like big idea to you and hormones and... Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll make clear my thoughts in a moment. Okay. Um, you do that. <laughs> the first thing we should officially talk about with this song, unless you have any more stray thoughts about Oh, I it. just... I love the huge tonal shift from the yeah. kind of like grungy verses to the really pop, bright sounding choruses. I'm so used to the song now. Yeah, I, I yeah. haven't think of it that way. Yeah. But you're right. It and is that a might big... be one of the first songs they kind of did that on, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. Such a really um, staunch shift. And with a live band, it's more impressive right. in a way because anyone could kind of like do that yeah. in a computer really like. Yeah, yeah. It's almost two different genres, this yes. song. So that's very cool. Great analysis by me. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Which I also think is pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> I love those huge guitars that start the song. Yeah. Tremolo guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not a not a super exaggerated tremolo. Not like, eh, eh, yeah. eh, eh, like you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is just a podcast where I just make annoying noises today. Uh, me too. Me just too. you know, like subtly tremolo, where it's just like, and they're they're so huge and loud and big. Yeah, every time I was listening to this song today, I jumped. <laughs> um, that sounds sarcastic, but it's true. No, it's great. It smashes in there, especially yeah. after Snail Shell, which is like sparse and yeah. has all these little pieces. And um, just, to, just to have a big rocking chord right in your face. So the origins of Sleeping in the Flowers, it has, it has a very interesting uh, source of inspiration. Some fans might know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot might not, but I want to dig into this. Flansburg has said... Many times, the origins of Sleeping in the Flowers is the song Ichiku Park. <laughs> That'll be fun to keep saying. By Small Faces. Heard a song I like to perform. This song is not written under the influence of drugs, but it was influenced by a song written under the influence of drugs. That song, of course, was written by a group called The Small Faces, and the song is called Ichiku Park. But this song, not music, just not a musical ripoff, but a complete conceptual ripoff of that song. It's called Sleeping in the Flowers. 
Small Faces. Uh, small Faces is a band that... That's that's something I don't have. <laughs> Go ahead. What? Well, I'd say you have an average face. I wouldn't say you have you. a big face. Um, big head. We were watching something recently where I was like, <laughs> whoa, that girl's face is so small on her head. But, um, <laughs> but people shouldn't... We're, we're nice people. I, I don't mean to sound mean. But <laughs> come on. You know when you're watching TV, you judge how people look. You're all judging. <laughs> You bastards. Um, no, uh, I wonder why they are called Small Faces. I like it. It's a, a cool good name. band name. But um, yeah, Flansburg has mentioned like watch them. Watch face. <laughs> small watch faces. Let's just watch Ichiku Park by Small Faces. Watch. Let's watch a video. Not I, listen. I, I prepared a little more this time. Thanks. And I, I want to know what Dave thinks of this song. I have to say I'm loving this song because I listened to it 500 times in the past month. Yeah, I don't know anything about Small Faces or Ichiku Park. 1967, Small Faces. Uh, they were founded in 65. Um, they, they were kind of a psychedelic right. pop band. Very obviously like Beatles-y, but just kind of on the margins. Like they didn't have this big, you know, yeah. iconic thing. And I think they broke up really quick. Um, they have a crazy album called Ogden's Nut Gone Flake. That's really weird. And it's like a theme album where it's like a children's story. Oh, that's an album title. And people listening to this might also know the Dukes of Stratosphere album, XTC. Mm-hmm. That album is, I almost positive, very, very directly parodying the Small Faces psychedelic album because huh. it has okay. the same motif of a little kid telling a children's story uh-huh. with songs coming in from different characters and stuff. Anyway, as you can see, there's lots to talk about, but let's just let's stop talking and let's just listen to music, man. Let's stop talking and start and rocking. Let's just chill out in the park like the song says to do. Over bridge of sights to rest my eyes in shades of green Under dreaming spots To Ichiku Park, that's where I've been What did you do there? I got high <laughs> Oh shit, there? this guy's cool <laughs> Tell you why It's all too beautiful It's all too beautiful A lot of people getting their minds blown in the 60s, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. And you'll see the main guy looks like Malcolm McDowell. So wait, so fun fact, this is yeah. like the first song that used the flange effect. So, really? Sort of like with Snail Shell, we talked about the first song to use the slap bass yeah, yeah. thing. This is like the first song to do flange. Oh, cool. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's used to really, you know, appropriate effect because it's, yeah, yeah. it's a song about getting high as he sings, kind of yells. Right. It's um, a tonal shift. I think that was a bit controversial at the time to just say that. I was going to say, must be, right? Yeah. So it's a, basically the song is, as Flansburg says in this clip... <laughs> a song by a group called The Small Faces, and the song that they wrote is called Ichiku Park. It's about hanging out on the side of the hill outside on a really nice day and how nice that can be. And this song is called Sleeping in the Park. I have a fondness for songs that are kind of about uh, capturing a simple pleasure in life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I know none of your songs are about that. They're all no. about the opposite. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, and mine mostly aren't either. But there's something very um, sweet and nice about that. Yeah. It's just like, you, I wonder what that feels like. Some, sometimes you need a, a soundtrack for a time when you're just like 
having a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't all just be listening to like angry, you know, miserable sure, shit. All sure. So this is like a great song to put up, you know, like you're driving to the park with your sweetheart. You put this song yeah. on, in the, on the radio. Like good day sunshine. Yeah, exactly. You know. So what's the connection to sleeping in the flowers? Oh, wait, Dave, did you like the song? What do you think of the song? I think that song rules. Yeah. I think ah, I'm ah, going to. Ah, yeah. It's I been think, in my head so much. I think I got to get into small faces. Yeah, I actually listen to their, like, they have just like three albums only. Their first album is kind of like that Beatles thing where it's all these like old timey rock yeah. stuff. <laughs> kind of style gotcha. where it's like I'm dancing and dancing <laughs> <You know? laughs> but right. um the second album has this song and it's more like oh they're good songwriters and then the third album is like way into the rabbit hole of just like gotcha. they're so psychedelic these are almost not songs and then mm. I think they kind of stop but Interesting. the second one's the good balance of like the songwriting and the psychedelic stuff yeah but you ever think like the Beatles did a bunch of drugs and then made amazing music are you thinking what I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> We could do some amazing is podcasting. That is, is that what taking drugs sounds like? I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> some drugs. It, it sounded like my reverse kick drum. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like, does it do that for everyone? Or is it just because it was the Beatles? You know what I mean? Like, would the Beatles just keep being like rock and roll cover kind of thing? Or? Well, as Andy Partridge from XDC said, when asked if, if he ever took drugs and made albums, yeah. it, um, he said... How can you make albums when your hands are turning into lobsters? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's sort of what I always think about. I've tried recently to take like THC gummies and candies Whoa, and can stuff. can we say that? <laughs> and uh, nothing happens. Like, something's like not, something's wrong with me. Like just, I, I keep trying to, to inch... I can't wait till I get a flood of emails being like, here's what you got to do, man. Kind of why I didn't even want to bring this up. <laughs> no, well, I keep trying to dip my, well, so as people don't know, like I've been uptight my whole life and never done, did anything, uh, even drink. And like, yeah. well, uh, drinking's great. Well, you'll tell me all about that for like a, yeah. actually later in the song. There's a drinking line. in the flowers. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I've been trying to inch into, basically I want to relax. <laughs> I want to like chill the yeah, fuck yeah. out because I, I, uh, I have like a lot of tension problems. So I've been like trying to try things like candies and stuff with THC and nothing's really working. I mean, candy makes me more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, just normal candy. Yeah, I love candy. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing that you happens- You ever get down with a bag of gummy worms, brother? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that really happens is I get kind of a slightly dizzy, but yeah. I, I don't, my mental, my inner voice doesn't change at all. I, it's still kind of stressed out and like- so I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I've tried like three or four wrong. times. I just don't think it's for everyone. Yeah. I've tried like three or four times and, and Kristen keeps being like, no, no, this is the, the best combination. She made brownies. She made like a cookie with the stuff. Yeah. Is, is this incriminating? I, I don't know. That's why I kind of clammed up. No, don't clam up. Clam, clam out. down. <laughs> clam down. <laughs> so Sleeping in the Flowers to me sounds nothing like this song, right? That was one yeah, thing that yeah. surprised me. I thought it would be more musically like a ripoff as he calls it in some of the live yeah. clips the only connection musically i can think of is like there's a tambourine in the chorus mm -hmm. and it's got that kind of like light peppy you know poppy feel right. but uh this is otherwise i don't hear and maybe because there's different parts like that song has mm -hmm. like you know the itchy ku park song has all these different parts to it, but yeah. I mean, most songs do, but some are, I guess some are more like extreme contrast than Maybe others. Maybe just meant there's some tonal shifts there. But the you, tonal shifts, but yeah. You were saying a song about like a nice relaxing day and there is a little bit of that in Sleeping in the Flowers, but yeah. there's also a lot of like pathos and tension. There's anxiety, and, yeah. And, and like um, ambiguity and mystery. <laughs> so That's it's, right. I 
don't see them as really that similar. Yeah, well, here the thing is, when they reference a song, I mean, they're kind of like modest the way they say, like, oh, this is just a ripoff. But it's like, no, like what Flansburg does a lot, and Linnell does this too. And I always find it interesting that they both do this very specific thing. I don't know if like one started and then the other. Mm-hmm. It's that they're they're taking the the concept of a song about like hanging out in the park and. Basically, what they might be trying to do whenever they reference song is like they add death and sure, yeah. misery to yeah. it, <laughs> which they've done before. So anyway, let, let's like go into the song, though, finally. I got a crush, copy shop clerk. Yeah. Just really quickly on the Tumblr, he was asked about why there are two songs that reference yeah. copy shop clerks. It's got to be the same girl, no? The Tumblr, he says, it was such a dull part of regular life back then, seemed very prosaic. Mm-hmm. So here he's just kind of... I think he's dodging the question, yeah. but he's kind of just saying, oh, like a Xerox shop is just a thing you'd have to go to once in a while, like a boring thing. But um, back in the day, he used, Flansburg used to do these online Q&As, mm-hmm. like in AOL and on IRC and other like really ancient mm-hmm. uh, internet chat things. And it was me or someone else, and maybe I'll, I'll post a screenshot of this because I have it, but it was it was me or someone else, I think it was me, who asked him like, why is there two mentions of a copy shop girl of like having like a crush on yeah. someone in a copy shop or whatever, or my panaceas in a Xerox yeah. shop? Snowball in hell. And yes, yeah, thank you, Dave. And all Flansburg said in response was banned secret. Yeah. So he might be kidding, or maybe it is a secret, but maybe it was Robin. I figure it's just a real person. Yeah. I mean, why not? Like, you know, me and you have had crushes on girls who work in sure. different places we've been to, right? <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just how... how well, before online dating, that's what used to happen. <laughs> you would see people in real life and get a crush on them and then not do anything and then <laughs> go home. So, yeah, the, these very, very teenage lyrics from Flansburg, she won't look up at me, don't want to be... I mean, this is... I feel like he's putting himself in the voice of a of a teenager here. So it might be a character. Yeah, don't want to be known as the freak who just comes around to catch her eye. Yeah. I related so much to this. I mean, sure. I still do, but back then I really related to this. Of course. There is that weird thing of like, it's perfectly human to have a crush on a girl and be looking at her because you're mm. attracted to her. Attraction is normal, mm-hmm. but you feel so guilty hmm. and shameful of it. I mean, that's at least, at least that's how I grew up. I mean, I remember us talking about stuff like this when we were both like single, yeah. just like feeling and, and with our other friends too, just being like, I feel like a gross creep because sure. I'm like interested in a girl. And it's like, I don't think people realize like a lot of boys <laughs> like grow up like being sort of feeling that way, you right. know, because yeah. like every guy I know has felt this way. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's because of, uh. The roles that we fall into of, you know, the girls are the ones that are pursued and yeah. sort of put on a pedestal, the yeah. hunter and the hunted. Well, that's true. But but then not every guy, and I think you and me feel this way, are like set out to be, yeah. you know, the hunter types. You know, I've always <laughs> just been like, God, I wish I, like throughout junior high and high school, like I was just like, God, I wish a girl would just come up to me and like <laughs> ask me out. It'd be amazing. Yeah. So I, I think Flansburg is, is definitely tapping into like the, because Ichiku Park is also about teenagers skipping mm. school because that's a line in the song. And it's actually a very, very like cute, innocent line mm-hmm. in the song. Tell you what I'll do. What you I'd like you? to go there now with you. You can miss out school. What'd that be? Why go to learn the words of cool? Says you can miss out school. Won't that be cool? 
why go to learn the words of fools? Which is such a rebellious yeah. teen thing in the sixties. Not crazy about those rhymes, but yeah. Also, the the backup singer who goes, "Won't that be cool?" He looks like Bud Court. Oh yeah, everybody in this band looks like someone. Yeah, I know. So I think Flansburg is, is intentionally making it a teenage feel because the, the Ichiku Park is like a teenage thing, right? Yes. When he sings Don't Want to Be Known as Freak, that's when the mm-hmm. horns come in. And this is kind of a big moment to talk about on the album. Because yeah. the one of the things that differentiates John Henry from their most of their other albums is the use of this horn section. Um, you now have like a set uh, six-piece lineup that has two horns. I think the horns are kind of incorporate a lot of different things. And it's funny because in a rock context, there's like, people kind of go like, oh, yeah, are you doing like a jazzy thing? Or are you doing, you know, what, like, it, it, but I think there's sort of a long tradition in just like pop music having horn charts in it. And certainly, you know, there are improvisational things you can do with horns that sound great and the R&B things that sound great with horns so it just seems like a pretty versatile lineup to have the full rhythm section and horns one of the people on trombone Dave I just wanted to talk about him a bit Kevin Osborne is on trombone in the song and he's on a few other songs Uh and I thought it was funny because I just was looking up what else has he done and this ties back to last episode (laughs) yeah that's the crush Um, he played trombone on this famous 10,000 Maniacs song oh boy You know, it's funny. Uh, I once had a date with a girl who had some familiarity with They Might Be Giants, mm-hmm. and she said she disliked John Henry because she doesn't like horns. Well, that's <laughs> odd. I know. It's weird. I mean, there, I, I can't really think of an instrument I don't like because yeah. it depends on how it's used, I guess. We could be sleeping in the flowers. We could sleep all afternoon. You proclaim that you're an island. I proclaim that I want to. What do you think the island is? Yeah, so let, let's talk about the chorus. Um, <laughs> this was actually one of the first They Might Be Giant songs that I, I remember online someone posted just a very reasonable interpretation. And it's it's never really left my head, which, and I think now, I mean, I mean, maybe this is an arrogant thing to say. I mean, I'd call it like basically, I'd call it a clear cut. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the, the, the chorus, which by the way, like we said, great chorus, just one of, yeah. one of Flansburg's best choruses, I'd say, just in terms of like a really catchy, strong, yeah. um, emotional and, and fun. So he's talking to this, the crush that he has. Yes. So saying we could be sleeping in the flowers. Uh, so, in the, so the reason I love this song is because the first chorus means something different than the next chorus. Okay. I'll figure, figure that out along Whoa. with me. So then the first chorus, he's he's just talking about the Ichiku Park thing. Let's go to the park yeah. and hang out, have a picnic, cuddle in the sure. flowers, take a nap, whatever. Beautiful, serene kind of thing, which is like a real thing that people do, I think. Have you ever done that? I'll take have your you word ever for slept it. slept in the flowers? No, it sounds horrible. I don't like bugs. I'm just Lots gonna, of bugs gonna put that on out the there. floor. I don't like bugs. Some flowers feel weird. Really? <laughs> Yeah, they could be like itchy or they could have prickers. That's why it's called Ichiku Park. Yeah. That's why. 
There you go. So it's not it's not a real park, but it's based on a park. Oh, it's not. <laughs> no, it's based. It was a nickname for a park in their area because uh, there'd be these this plant that would make everyone itchy. Well, that sounds like a Ivy terrible place to be. <laughs> I mean, why would you want to sleep there? Yeah, want to uh, sleep in a bed. You're right. <laughs> Beds. That's you, the thing. They you, never thought of it. You just invented beds. I cracked the case. <laughs> um, anyway, so Flansburg saying, you proclaim that you're an island. I proclaim that I'm one too. Yeah. This is all just like a metaphor. And I know I'm speaking kind of authoritatively here, but I, I really- yeah, and I don't appreciate it one bit. <laughs> I, I think that this is, I, early in the episode, I said, you speak authoritatively. It's <laughs> so weird. But anyway. Damn um, right I do. <laughs> you proclaim that you're an island is saying the girl wants to be independent. She's saying, sure. no one can go up to me. I say, well, I'm one too. Let's be alone together, right? Right. That's what that basically says. Then we float into the harbor with just piers and boats around. It's like, no one's around. You know, we're alone. I declare that I am the England. You declare that I have drowned. And what? Yeah. And a, and a lot of this, by the way, is based on this thing I saw a really long time ago when I was like 15 on the internet. Just saying, I declare that I am England being like, I'm not just an island. I'm like this big, yeah. strong island. And she's like, you know, <laughs> she, she's like, you drown, boy. You declare that I have drowned is saying, I don't care if you're the queen of England. Right. You're, I'm not interested. Basically, it's about rejection. Okay. The first chorus is about rejection. Or are they being playful? I don't think she's playing around. I think this is like this, the girl from Unrelated Thing who's <laughs> yeah. really not interested. I was hardcore not interested. Really listening to those lyrics today. Boy, yeah. <laughs> that's depressing. Did it make you think of the podcast? It made, it made me, <laughs> me think <and> of you, <laughs> our dynamic. I just made me. I guess it's more of the theme we were just talking about of having a crush and being rejected. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I love John Henry. It's like every song flows into yeah. the next like really well, right? Yeah, like yeah. Thematically. So, so that's basically the idea of the chorus, I think. And I don't want to do the thing on this show where like I explain things too much. Like I like when we leave a little bit of a gap, but I just I really do think that's like what's going on there. I mean, I don't have any better ideas. So yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you had a specific idea. No, no, none. Not an idea in my head. How, so when you listen to the song for years and years, like you just kind of take it as it is and you just didn't kind of have like a, you must have had some sort of impression of something. Like I said, I wasn't sure if it was like continuing the theme of like meeting someone and you're all just kind of like f maybe flirting or mm -hmm. being uh, silly. I guess I run the risk of being as wide-eyed and optimistic as I was in uh, Snail Shell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I just was just like, oh, they're just playing around and flirting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> like, hear you. You know, oh, you drowned. I mean, that's how I flirt. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, this I tell is, people they've drowned. I think it's, I mean, one of, I love this Flansburg song because it's just so tragic and, yeah. and lonely and sad and it's, and it's kind of, but it's so upbeat. there's humor too. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's humor in his bravado because he's just I like, see. I'm going to take that crush and I'm going to show her a good time and I'm going to show her how great I am, which to me fits Flansburg's personality, especially the people we've talked to who know him yeah. and have like been close to him. It's like, that's the Flansburg thing is he's a, yeah. he's like very extrovert and he's very like, he's kind of, he loves to, he loves to talk a lot and, and stuff. So right. this, th this is Flansburg kind of self-deprecating being like, Sure. It's sort of like in Lucky Ball and Chain where he's like five feet tall and sick of me and all my rattling on. Right. Where he's just like, 
I have a lot to say. I have a big personality, but some yeah. girls just are like, it's it's like they just throw you in the dunk tank where they <laughs> throw the ball and you drown in the yeah. thing. And that's what this song makes me think of is just like, you're all wet, you know, like yeah. you're just, I'm not impressed. Goodbye. Also really nice big acoustic guitar sounds. In the chorus. Yeah. In the, the chorus. Chorus is, is, is yeah. beautiful and there's like the tambourine. And acoustic guitar can be hard to come through in the mix with yeah. electric and everything else. And it's really clear and really well mic'd. And I love the acoustic, too, because you hear Flansburg's strumming on Style, it, which is yeah. just really like, you know, it's like you it's like a really great. He's a great rhythmic guitar yeah, player, yeah. which doesn't get a lot of like uh, props. Yeah. But but and it's, that's what you want to hear on an acoustic, too. The yes. kind of um, yes. the percussive sound it can make when you're strumming. Exactly. Something about the structure of the song. There's this interview around the John Henry era when they were promoting John Henry and Flansburg said this, which made me think of Sleeping in the Flowers, not that he's talking about it. He says, the writing process is interesting. There's this moment of inspiration that seems like it's not part of your experience. Then there's the, mm. this craft part that's more like a job. Mm -hmm. We both really do this. Yeah. Because you go, I've got the first two lines of a chorus and I've got <laughs> to fill the rest around it. I feel like I've gotten better at it, which was why our songs have gone from two minutes long to three minutes long. Mm. I think people thought we had this short attention span, but we didn't have the craft to do it. I feel like I figured out how to write bridges so we write longer songs. Wow. So this was when they were promoting John Henry. So I really feel like this, like Sleeping yeah. in the Flowers is like first in my mind with that. It was just like, yeah, it's like, it's got all these parts, but it doesn't feel maybe like some factory showroom songs mm -hmm. that we'll talk about in the future. Yeah. It doesn't feel stretched out or like unnecessary sure, sure, parts yeah. where you're just kind of making the song long for no reason. Like Sleeping in the Flowers to me feels per like everything's perfect. It's like a good long movie, like a good two hour, two and a half hour movie where you're like, I wouldn't change a thing. Right, that was there's no fat to cut out. Another thing that occurred to me today about the chorus is I was like, why mention England at all? Well, that's in this what song? I was saying before. I, I think it's a small faces subtle nod in a way because it's uh -huh. like this Brit British psychedelic pop song, maybe not even conscious, right. but I mean, I think Flansburg is really smart and thinks of all these things, but like just the idea that you'd mention England in this yeah. song that he says is a like a ripoff or a tribute to small faces, I think, I think fits. I think it tracks yeah. as the professionals say. I was also always wondering if that was sort of a play on America being formed from England, doing like the oh. opposite, like going back, like I declare I'm England, you know, like Revolutionary oh, that's really War, like we declare we're America and we're free of England's tyranny. Whoa, holy shit. But I, that could be a stretch. <laughs> I, I just wanted to contribute yeah, but Dave, something. Some stretches feel good. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a stretch like this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, that's actually really interesting because yeah, England, You're welcome. because, well, cause America is more new than England. Um, so like, so they say <laughs> mentioning England to me always does. I, whatever England is like now, I always think of like an older yeah, kind of sure. place, you know, older and more, uh, sophisticated to, you know, yeah. upper crust. The other thing I love in the chorus, there's a lot to talk about in the chorus cause it's like a, it's a lengthy it's chorus. I love Linnell's harmony. It's fantastic. It's extremely complex. Sleeping in the flowers. Is yeah. that the main melody? <laughs> I don't know. So the thing about Linnell's harmony that's so tricky is it's so close to the main melody, mm -hmm. but it's, it's not the main melody. Sleep all afternoon. But then he goes down. Then he's like, you yeah. proclaim. And I can't do it. I've tried to nail this harmony. Well, maybe that's something to work towards. <laughs> I've tried to nail this harmony like most of my life. We'll be sleeping Most of your life. in the flowers. <laughs> we can sleep all afternoon. 
UPro claim. It's like a different key almost. It's Guys, so weird. Guys, let's start a GoFundMe so Jordan can nail this wait, harmony wait. finally. Yeah, but it's weird because it's it seems like you're gonna jump up, but you have to you have to back jump down. You have to back down in the notes. You gotta clam down. And it's it's like actually really do you know do you know what I mean at all? Yeah. It's a really complex harmony. It's really it's harmony. <laughs> subtle. No, but it's like a it's counterintuitive because you ha- he has to like go back a bit, and it's just it's just one of my favorite things about the song. That's yeah, very unique for yeah. a harmony. I love the counter melodies or whatever that the horns mm-hmm. come in doing. Because again, it's very triumphant sounding. It's like it's almost yeah, yeah, yeah. it's almost like for a, a different song. Which almost like I could see it like that girl that I went on a date that didn't like the horns. Like it almost does come off as like a cheesy big band thing. But mm-hmm. like I've always just tied it right to the sadness of the lyrics and the. I don't know. It's it's an interesting it be, contrast. It's supposed to be ironic horns. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> kind of in a way, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Unless I mean, he wants. Maybe he wants to be dead. True. After the chorus, there's this great Flansburg guitar shredding. Yeah, <laughs> what, the one note. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. No, I know. Well, it's funny because in in a song coming up, Flansburg has a great guitar solo. Yeah. But in this one, he he keeps it kind of simple and and kind of like. It's kind of, you know, like in, instinctual, really. It's just this one note because sure. he's, it's almost like, you know, the narrator's whining. He he wants, <laughs> he has a crush. He's been rejected. He's just like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So second verse. This is, to me, when the song reveals its true colors. He gets a ride home with a drunk guy. Yeah. We know now, how. Just back up a second. Oh, is that sure. Is that because he's too fucked up or because he doesn't have a car or just <laughs> like why? You know what I mean? I know. I've always kind of seen the song as almost like two so totally separate parts. Mm. Um, but yeah, maybe he's like sad about the the girl. I, it's funny. Yeah, I, I never I never thought of it as like this continuing narrative. Yeah. I, I kind of saw it as like two sides of something. I don't know. I also kind of see it as, for some reason, I imagined him kind of like maybe doing some drugs or something in the park, mm. even before I knew any of that other stuff mm-hmm. about it, like the origins of the song. Yes. It just has that kind of feel to it. Kind of like that lost feeling where you're, you know, if you're like doing something under the influence, you don't have like a clear path of where you're supposed to be going. He gets right home with the drunk guy. Brian Darty does this great, expressive, pounding drum fill. Yeah, like a, where it, a it, slowed down fill. Yeah, like no puns or whatever intended. It really hits it home, just mm-hmm. like boop, 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 like, yeah. oh shit, you know, like kind of very climactic. I love how ungrateful I'm. I mean, guy, I love these lyrics. These are some of Flansburg's best lyrics, is this mm. verse. How ungrateful I must have seemed. He showed me how to spin my head round and round. Fucking disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this used to really creeping me out. It used to scare me. I've always had a harmony in my head during this verse that okay. is not on the album, but to me seems so Linnellian. And I recorded it. I actually made, made this years ago. 
I made this recording to show sure to show did. someone else my idea. This is what I always think should be happening in this. Wow, this is you put on your big boy pants for this, huh? He showed me how to spin my head round and round. I always I'm sorry, but I always <laughs> sing that in my head. Okay. For years, like I'm just like, why isn't Linnell doing that? Um, I'm not saying it would make the song better, but I, you know, call me. <laughs> it's an option. I've got some tips. All right. Did you like it, Dave? You didn't seem to like it. It's hard for me to listen to the song any other way than sure, the way sure. it's supposed to be, the way it's recorded. <laughs> this, yeah. Well, who's to say how it's supposed to be? Maybe I'm them. Maybe I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the people who wrote it. What did you think of my harmony? Email us at <laughs> don'tletstartpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe I'll do a Twitter poll at, at don'tletspod, our Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, always think of that. It was good. You're a good musician. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad You're I got that. In, I got a recording of you saying that. Yeah. You um, can drop that in anywhere you want. Yeah, My next album is just going to start with that. <laughs> Spin my head round and round. Yeah. I mean, I just took it as a given that it's about they got into a car crash and his yeah. head came off his body, which is what ha- probably 80% of the Might Be Giant songs are about, True. <laughs> are about decapitations. I always kind of see when you're, your head is spinning round and round, sometimes it's just like someone telling you something that blows your mind too. Like, whoa, my head is spinning. Like, you know? Well, the point is because now the second half of the song is about death. Because mm-hmm. sleeping in the flowers is a euphemism. I see it as a euphemism for being buried underground, yeah. sleeping in the flowers. So now it's, now the song is not about hanging out in a park with a cute girl. He's taking the Ichiku Park song and kind of pushing it to, to a really dark, sad place yeah. where he like, so the first chorus, it's like, yeah, this is like that song, Ichiku Park. And then the second chorus- The he's, girl rejected him and he got killed in a yeah, car accident. Yeah, exactly. So the second chorus, he's doing the very, they might be giants thing, which is like, well, now the, what if Ichiku Park was about death? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if about, be, you know, getting high in the park was about, you know, you know, going to heaven or something in the park or whatever. Right. So it's just, so now, yeah, we'll be sleeping in the flowers. So he, my only question is, is he still talking to the girl in that next thing? Or is he talking to the drunk guy yeah, or what? Because they both got killed. Or- yeah. And he's saying we still, um, but yeah, I, I still, I just sort of see it as like his mind is confused and he's yeah. thinking about his crush when he died hmm. and he's thinking of, it's all becoming a jumble, yeah. um, which is a very kind of Linnell kind of thing, having a confused narrator. Yeah. Um, I really think it's one of his most like genius set of lyrics because it just, it's so, it, it's not too clever, but it's, it, it is clever, but it's mostly relatable and sad. You're right. Yeah. Sleeping, like sleeping in the flowers to me is like, it's kind of, well, there's the ween song, push the little daisies. So like when, right. you, when you say someone's pushing up the daisies, that means they're right. underground, you know? And also sleeping with the fishes. Sleeping with the fishes. That should have been the song. Yeah. We could be sleeping with, with the, the fishes. fishes. That should have been at the end credits for Goodfellas. <laughs> they should have been asked to record a new version. Totally. That would have been amazing.
We have to talk about this guitar yeah. solo. <laughs> Holy shit. So I feel um, kind of silly, but I didn't realize that that wasn't Flansburg. Or anyone associated with the band. Because it is a bit Flansburg style, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, yeah. But when I was like really a listening angular. Yeah, yeah. to it today, I noticed there was like a little more technique in it maybe, more hammer-ons and tremolo and well, stuff like that. It's because the way this song is mixed is that everything's kind of loud mm-hmm. <laughs> so like it's not like the guitar solo is on top of everything like you know a mm-hmm. lot of songs mm-hmm. are mixed that way sort of like what we were saying with john henry it's, it's a very even mix mm-hmm. where it's like everything's kind of all together as opposed to like oh we'll put the guitar solo way louder like the rhythm guitars are like as loud as the guitar solo mm. it's just that you hear the solo because there's stops it's going ding, ding, ding you know mm-hmm, what i mean mm-hmm. and the horns are as loud as the rhythm guitars and so mm. The guitar solo is like, you actually do kind of have to listen hard to hear all the nuances of it. So let's talk about the guitar solo. It's kind of a, a, a big topic, but I'll try to be succinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Quine is the guitarist there. Yeah. He, unfortunately, he was a great guitarist. Yeah. I looked up a lot of stuff about him. Um, I have to say, one of the best things that I found about him was just something that someone said on a forum when he had when Robert Quine died someone wrote a really like nice little tribute to him. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to just read a little of that, but basically Robert Quine was this kind of like very singular guitarist who basically shows up on a lot of recordings, just doing these solos. Mm. And it doesn't seem like he really like, he has a few solo albums, but mostly he just kind of appeared on things. I'll play you some, some of his music that he did. If anyone's curious, there's, I'll, I'll post a link, but there's a great playlist called The Ultimate Guide to Robert Quine, and it's on YouTube. And it has all these things. He played with Lou Reed mm-hmm. a lot. Um, he played with Matthew Sweet. So I'm just going to read some of this, what this person wrote on this forum. It was this like uh, music forum, and this was posted from 2003. To those in the know, Robert Quine is one of the most original and influential guitarists of the past 25 years. Quine's guitar speaks with a distinctive and versatile voice that immediately identifies him. Shrieks of feedback, throbbing drones, fractured chords, and keening lead lines are all part of Quine's sonic vocabulary, one that often leaves the listener feeling assaulted yet enlightened. Despite the sheer intensity of Quine's playing, it always strives to serve the music first and foremost, which I totally see. So yeah, that, that's someone uh, that was done by a forum name is Astro. That's hmm. the guy or Gore Girl who wrote this post. I thought I was like, oh, that's a good. I'll just read that because I, I don't know what I could say about right. him. But he's a great guitarist. I watched tons of like videos of him. Here's him in this Matthew Sweet song. If you want to hear how the connection to Sleeping in the Flowers, mm-hmm. it's kind of similar. So that's a great, that's another great solo. Yeah. Um, it's, it is, it is that perfect blend of like, he's, he's totally with the song Yeah, yeah. and he's not like, you know, doing anything too like 
<laughs> like unusable, but there's all this, there's something slightly off. And yeah. you can tell he's, you know, it's kind of like playing some dirty notes, you know. Right. He has a little bit of roughness to it. Yeah, yeah. A little yeah. bit of his own style. It's a very satisfying amount. Something that I thought is interesting that connects to Sleeping in the Flowers thematically is on his Wikipedia, it says, throughout his San Francisco years, Quine, quote, sort of began to come up with my own style, often performing under the influence of LSD. <laughs> So he's perfect yeah. for sleeping in the flowers. That's what I mean. It just makes drugs make everyone better. song comes yeah. to its epic conclusion that was epic from the beginning so it <laughs> somehow gets yeah. more um there's there's a lyric tell my boss yeah. that i've been fired very on brand yeah for flansburg for flansburg this is the perfect flansburg so i think ah. do you think this is the perfect flansburg song it's got all of his themes yeah. death unrequited love. unrequited love new york city vibe it still yeah. has that vibe to me of new york but it's Central also park maybe yeah right but also like the xerox shop yeah and then it's also like his art his design background yeah. his he art, loves xerox his, shops his art school background but then it's also got the 60s influence stuff that yes. he also loves his love of music and records which he's more talkative about than linnell in a mm -hmm. lot of interviews and stuff and then it's got the the boss right. thing anti-authority Anti-authority day job. Oh my god! I think it's the perfect Flansburg song. I'm going to say that now, and I'm going to say it forever. Bold. Um, so we've got uh, tell my boss that I've been fired, and then uh, something I just a, a little touch that I love is it change shoes. Tell my boss that I'm fired. I know. I always it's, hear that. It gives me, it gives me chills. Uh, I'm not even sure why. It kind I, it of just, blends those words together. These little touches like that really mean a lot to me. Yeah. I, I don't know like what it means. If it just means. He's, it's kind of like a yell. He's like a, it's like a scream, like, oh, fuck, right. oh, no. In a different production, that might be where the producer would stop and say, like, oh, they, you know, those lyrics weren't very clear. Let's take it again or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's very intentional, I think. Yeah. Again, I've always just saw that as about he's dead. Tell my <laughs> boss I've been fired because he can't do it. And, yeah. and it's just like a very, it's just a funny, sad, uh, dark way of saying that he's, he's dead and he's not going to go to work the next day, which is funny because... Um, I did see the song as a teenage song, though teenagers have jobs too. Yeah. Uh, so it could still work, but it, it really runs the whole like spectrum of Flansburg's like typical characters and typical settings and stories. I love Linnell's harmony during that too. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll be sleeping in the flowers, tell yeah. my boss that. And then he changes the harmony, which is great. Yeah, he goes higher. Yeah, he goes, we'll be sleeping in the flowers. See, it's funny because changing the harmony, if this was like a previous album where they could just layer tons of stuff, they would maybe just layer another mm -hmm. harmony or maybe add like a fun, weird instrument. But because they were really restricting themselves with the band sound and trying to not do too many overdubs that a, a live band couldn't do, mm -hmm. he has to do things like change the harmony to get more exciting right. you know, to, or to get more climactic. So I think that's like an interesting Up idea. the ante. Up the ante. Yes, that's right. They should call this album Up the Ante. Yeah. Spell it A-U-N-T. <laughs> <laughs> then Robert Quine, he comes in at the end doing more yeah. solos and stuff. It's perfect uh, you know, way to finish the song. It fades out. I wanted to talk a little bit about the fade out. Uh, I just wanted okay. to mention quickly. So there's, there's a bunch of different like ways they did the song live during their tour. 
right. they actually experimented. They tried a bunch of different endings for the songs. They could never figure out how to end the song live. Some songs on, are like that. Because on the exactly on the album, it fades out. So here's like. Here's here's an example of them ending it in an awkward way, right? <laughs> and this is from this is from April '93, so this is kind of early. This is an early version of the song. <laughs> the audience like what it ended yeah. so so that was a little weird um then they started doing this uh, which is really impressive and perfect for they might be giants the live fade out we call that the shout approach a little bit lower now a little bit softer now <laughs> yeah There's also been different ways that they start the song live. Sometimes they start it like the album version, and sometimes they start it like what, what's called the radio edit version, which mm -hmm. was on the single. So Sleeping With Flowers put out a little promo single. Mm -hmm. I have it right here, Dave. It's right on my desk, which I didn't know that. Yeah, check it out. So it's got little flowers on the CD. There's no cover, really. It's just got, it's just a blank thing with the CD. 24 seconds shorter. 24 seconds shorter, which is weird because it's longer in the beginning. We could be sleeping in the flowers, we could sleep all afternoon. You proclaim that you're an island, I proclaim that I'm one too. Then we float into the harbor with just piers and boats around. I declare that I am England, you declare that I have drowned. I've never heard this. Wow. Guess I gotta hand in my TMBG <laughs> membership card, which I literally have <laughs> a few. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, we both have a few of those. Yeah. So I then what? I don't like that as much. So then what's shorter? Let's see. I bet the fade out is much more abrupt. Yeah, let's see. Because how could it be shorter with a longer, with two, with an extra it's chorus? It's like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, much shorter. The fade out. Oh, that's not as good though. No, don't go away. <laughs> come, come back. Come back. Yeah. What What do you think, Dave? Which do you do you think you'd prefer that? Besides, I know we both don't like the shorter fade out because it's got yeah. such a great ending. But that that intro. What do you think? Uh, I like the just starting right away. Yeah, you feel like it gives it away. Strong. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a little too like. It's it's nice when it's a surprise that that chorus comes in. Yeah. But they did it both ways live. For a while, they seemed to be really behind the radio edit version. I think hmm. they were promoting it as a single, so they would like start the song, 
playing it live, like, you know, playing the chorus first like that. I like the impact of just having it start right away on the verse. And on, like you like and like already talked about, the tremolo guitars. And the, like a minor chord too. Yeah. You know, they're like dark, sad chords. Yeah. yeah. Also, we didn't mention this, but just right before you finish, I love Flansburg singing on this song. Mm-hmm. It's really like, he does a sort of voice on John Henry that's kind of different to me than the other albums. Maybe it's just how it's produced. I don't know. But it, it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of this adult, <laughs> like huh. very like, it's like a rock voice, but I can't explain. It's so hard for me to explain. Maybe like someone online can figure this out for me. But it sounds different to me than his voice on Apollo 18 or Lincoln yeah. or, or even later albums. I don't know what it is, though. I don't know if I'm quite hearing that, but maybe it could just be the production. <laughs> yeah, it might just be the way it's mixed. But I feel like there's just some some way he's singing it that is like, to me, it's like a John Henry voice that mm. I don't know, that I don't hear in, in other places. Maybe he just wanted to be more straightforward and rocking. Yeah, it's kind of like no a no-nonsense kind of singing yeah, voice. That's what they call him. No-nonsense Flansburg. Sleeping in the flowers. Sometimes I wish I was doing that. What a beautiful song. Dave, it's time to talk about (laughs) unrelated Unrelated thing. thing. Do you smile cause I'm funny? Sleeper hit of the summer, unrelated thing. Yeah, I see this song as kind of like a parallel kind of vibe of they'll need a crane, you know, where he's mm-hmm. talking about the lad and the gal, and he's like yeah. an outside observer uh, analyzing a like a doomed relationship. Yeah, and this yeah. is he's the man and the woman, and I this you know the songs are very direct. This is sort of what I said about John Henry. The the lyrics are often more direct than usual. I think. So then I was remembering Self Called Nowhere, and I was like, what the hell is that song about? <laughs> but, oh, I um, forgot about that one. Yeah, that's kind of like a earlier style lyrics, I think. But this song is, is a simple story. <laughs> a simple. I was trying to kind of critically listen to the lyrics today, and yeah. Yeah, it is pretty straightforward, especially for a Linnell song. Yeah. This is a, really a woman that wants nothing to do with this guy. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Um, I always wonder if this song's autobiographical, if it's a specific thing, if it's just a general thing. I obviously relate to the song a lot. No fucks given, you could say. That's right. It's funny. It is simple. But I guess the, the they might be giants like twist on it is just that just there's just no other band that would make a song like this mm. and that would kind of put the song in this, this kind of ballad vibe you know this country wistful sound <laughs> that's kind of but it, it it makes sense I'm not saying I'm not even saying there's a contrast because I think the music is perfect for the because it's sad but just like the you know a band just doing a song about this simple kind yeah. of funny and when I say funny I don't mean like haha funny I just mean you yeah. know like darkly funny and sad funny and even to put it in the the way they put it that it's it's a rejection song yeah 
what they're saying, it's, no, I'm just, it's an unrelated thought. It has nothing to do with you, which is almost worse in a way. The, like, you're not even on my radar. What's worse than, you know, there's love, there's hate, but indifference yep. is, in, in, I, I wrote a song when I was an angsty teenager that said, that had the lyric, indifference burns. And I, the, wow. I yeah. It I, does. You've heard that song, actually. I played it at a show in like 2002. Mm-hmm. My song, Sense of Human. Wow, the hits keep coming. I actually think it's a good pun, Sense of Human. But then you, this song's an inspirational, you know, example for lyrics because they're so, they're down to earth and so human and so simple. And mm-hmm. you're not even, usually Linnell gives you more um, visuals and more nouns, but this one's really just the the thoughts of the the man and the woman and the conversation they're having. Yeah. There's not yeah. specifics. Like usually you'd get like, where are they? Or what what other things are around? But it's really, but I, I think it's intentionally, it's just about the feeling in that moment it's sort of right before a rejection is clearly going to happen. Yeah, it's just a bad. Well, here's one question because I, I had for the first time ever I thought of this. I've always seen the song is about a bad date, like a first date. Yeah, I could see that. But it's like, what if it's about similar with they'll need a crane, like a, a long term relationship yeah, starting to fizzle out? Yeah, I never thought We've of it that way. <laughs> I just never thought of it that way before. It's always to to me mean like a well, it very two well, strangers. It very well could because of the sort of politeness of the phrase yes. I was thinking of an unrelated thing. I mean, you could really see this as a husband and wife, you know, mm-hmm. over the breakfast table, like, are, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I was just thinking about something else, you know, mm-hmm. but really she's just like, this is the guy I married. <laughs> <laughs> the not very dramatic version of this story happens to me all the time with me and Kristen. One of right. us will be looking at our phones the other said something. Yeah. We missed it. And I go, oh, sorry. What did you say? And right. I always feel bad when I when I say it. And I could tell she always feels bad when she yeah. says it because uh, it's like, oh, God damn it. And a lot of it is phones. I mean, that's really like, yeah. I don't want to do a whole thing about that. But just, I feel like that's just how things are now. Is people don't pay attention to other people. And Dave's literally looking at his phone right now. And I'm not cutting this out. I That was a joke. <laughs> It's always good to have a visual joke, too, on a podcast. Anyway, it is good. I uh, pretty much try not to look at my phone, like, past, I don't know, 7 or 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. Because I'm just like, well, first of all, they say you shouldn't. Well, that's pro- more than probably most everyone on the planet. Yeah. I'm like, if it's an emergency, someone can call me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at any texts or anything at night. I don't care about social media. Yeah. There's really no reason to, so I can, like, be present, watch the movie or whatever, you know, talk to my wife, eat dinner, whatever it yeah. is that we're doing. And, uh, you know, you're not supposed to look at your phone before bed. They say that. Yeah, I know. They say <laughs> that blue light is bad for your melatonin. Yeah. Um, well, it's like one of the more modern Seinfeld bits is he talks about when people, you go to eat with someone and they have their phone on the table. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember that. the joke, but he's just like, what the hell is that? Like keeping your phone out just in case someone texts you or whatever. Like this is the worst. It's so rude. Because well, it says you're keeping your options open and you're not present and in the exactly, moment. Exactly. Exactly. And this is a song about not being present. Not present in the moment. It's funny because I relate to both sides of the song because I have yeah. like, I have a wandering mind <laughs> and Kristen will be telling me a story. Often it's a story she thought of because she's a writer mm. and I'll be, I really have to concentrate because my, I'm yeah. always thinking about stuff all the time. And I'm, it's also why I often have like insomnia because I can't stop thinking of stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's what her, why I was saying I was experimenting with THC and stuff. Right. Cause I'm like, what can I take that will shut the hell up my brain? I think meditation. Meditation. Meditation yeah. Meditation is a pretty uh, risk-free way to Breathe, Yeah. Or breathing stuff. It's just about being in the moment. 
You're right. Present. You're right. Well, I've meditation. Doing this podcast helps because I'm really trying to <laughs> listen and be in the moment, you know? Yeah. This podcast to me is an is an outgrowth of my what I'm saying about me, which is that I'm always, I just have a lot of stuff to think about and say all the time. But then sometimes I go blank and I'm like, what yeah. happened to my perky uh, attitude? Well, you're stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, that was mean. Never mind. So this song, unrelated thing. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about with it. Well, first of all, we have a special guest coming up right. to discuss this song. So yeah. one thing I wanted to talk about with the the song's place with the band is. You know, it's it's abnormally slow for they might be giants, right? It's a little, yes. it's a little languid, and I, there's a handful of clips where they are very embarrassed when they were promoting hmm. John Henry and the John Henry songs, and they were playing. They played unrelated thing a lot for a while, yeah. so they clearly liked it. But they keep like kind of apologizing that it's slow. Yeah, and we've talked about this before, and we talked about this with Brian Doherty, I think. This is after Out of Jail from a show in '94. We have to lower our, our metabolism for this one. The blood pressure's going down. Here we go. This song is called Unrelated Thing. Do you smile? They're warning the yeah, audience that they're about to do a slow song, which is so weird because when you're a band, if you're a confident band, you don't have to do that. You just play the yeah. slow song and people will, sometimes it's a, a powerful moment in a show to do a well, song that you just all stand yeah. and watch or sway to. Well, we've talked about, you need to kind of take a journey during a concert or yeah. an album. You can't always have, you know, a fast song after a fast song and it can't all be uh, going at a hundred percent. Yeah. Here, here's a hundred RPMs. I should say. <laughs> here's them in, in Germany uh, trying to warn Germans. Warn the Germans. <laughs> warn the Germans that it's slow. Now, this is another new song. It's it's a little schlau, as the Germans would say, and uh, it's called Unrelated Thing. Jordan. Um, yeah. Do you like this song? I've I've always loved unrelated. Do you thing. think it's slow? Do you think it's it's schlau? I'll say this: <laughs> it's probably not in the top my top like fifteen. <laughs> it's probably in my lower five. Five. You mean of John, only of this album? Of this album. Okay. But yeah. um, I do love I love every song. I do right, love the I know. song. And, it's a hard question. And there have been periods in my life where uh, sort of every, I was going to say this in our other episode, but there's sort of been periods in my life where I was like obsessed with each John Henry song yeah. for a time. So I like I went through a phase of every song where I was like I can't stop thinking about this song. Yeah. So like unrelated thing I used to just be like, "Oh my god, it's so relatable and sad and I love it." I like this track a lot on this yeah. album. I'm not exactly sure why either. I think I've said this on other shows before. It's like I like this track more than I should. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know, it has an emotional resonance with me. It's yeah. the music or it's I would say not even so much the lyrics, but something about I just kind of get swept away yeah. in the style i like the composition a lot yeah um it's funny because i wonder like if this song came about during lincoln or flood would they make it funnier sounding yeah. would they would they but because it's the john henry sessions it's really it seems um, earnest yeah it just it's just a it's like a guitar and actually there's a few things about the instrumentation flansberg has said that unrelated thing he's playing a tipple a martin brand Get out. tipple 
which is an this is Flansburg's words, which is an extremely chimey Colombian instrument that is like a ukulele with a ton of unison strings. It was modified at Mandolin Brothers into what you could describe as an octave 12 string guitar. It's also at the top of With the Dark. It's a terrific secret weapon for recording. And yeah, I looked up a tipple. It basically looks like a ukulele, but it has a 12 strings on it. So yeah, he's playing this really nice instrument. And you hear him really clearly. Again, I love when you can hear what Flansburg mm -hmm. is like strumming really clearly. But speaking of the arrangement, Dave, I, yeah. what would you say is the star of this recording? I'd say it's that sort of country western sounding guitar. Whoa. Done by... Jay Sherman Godfrey. Jay Sherman Godfrey, who we spoke to yeah. all about his work on John Henry. Oh, my God. We did a long interview with Jay Sherman Godfrey, which we'll put the whole thing out someday because it touches on all the things he's done yeah. with, with that monopuff and factory showroom and, and state songs. He's all over the place. But we talked to him about the songs on John Henry he appears on. He had a lot to say about yeah. Unrelated Thing, which to me was a revelation about the song. Uh -huh. Let's go to that now. Dave, are you excited? Yes. Let's listen to our some of our discussion with Jay Sherman Godfrey. All right. I, I guess 93, 1993, they were demoing John Henry. And so I went and played an unrelated thing on a demo. Mm -hmm. And it was at Excello, I'm pretty sure. Do you smile because I'm funny, said the man. Joking, and I meant the thing I said. Not at all, not at all, said the woman to the man. I was thinking of an unrelated thing. That was the first time I actually played with them, and and um. What I had is I had a I had a Fender Telecaster style guitar and I had something called a string bender put in it and I don't know if you know what that is but it changes the tuning of the B string right oh okay hmm. it's attached to a strap device you can find a picture of one and mm -hmm. you push the neck down and it has a gear and it goes back and it raises the pitch of the B string one whole step oh. okay it's meant to mimic the sound of a steel guitar right. of a pedal steel guitar country pedal steel guitar so and it was invented by one of the birds Gene Parsons so I had that. And that was the reason that I that that they wanted me to do it is because <laughs> yeah. I had that thing. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to uh, unrelated thing, you can hear it. You can hear oh, that, yeah, like, oh, what yeah, I'm sure. doing. It. Somewhere other than here, something else besides the man. Please explain the expression. So there's lots of famous, like, uh, I'm trying to think of famous songs that have a string banner on them, but like uh, Jimmy Page used to use it, like on All mm. My Love. Dee, right. dee, dee. Mm -hmm. That's a string bender. And then uh, lots of lots of country music, too.
I swear, I swear, like, like I had that thing and I, Linnell had it in his head that he wanted that, I'm pretty sure. And so I just came and they were like, well, what would you do? And I just went dwank. You know, I just did the twang thing. Oh. They're like, oh my God, that's great. So yeah. I played just on that, just on a demo of Unrelated Thing. Mm-hmm. And then very soon after that, the actual production of the record started. So you were basically free to, to make up your own part then? Yeah, I mean, you know, he was definitely guiding me. He's like, play that steel guitar thing here, you know, Yeah. at, at the ends of the... Yes, no, he was... They, they, both, they both were very, very... Always had... They always had an idea of what... You, you didn't just play. They had, yeah. they had yeah. arrangement ideas. Yeah, because on Unrelated Thing, it's like a call and response. It's like he sings and then you come in and then he sings and then you come in. So when I was listening to it, I was wondering how much of that was... Because like we talked to Brian Doherty and and we'd ask him like that, like on Snail Shell, his kick and snare pattern is really specific. And we're like, he was like, that was in Linnell's demo. Like he just, he did the demo, you know, and and then other parts were more loose, you know, where like he said, basically the Flansburg songs, Flansburg's like, just... Play the right. drums, you know, right, go, right. go nuts. Well, I had both experiences, I guess. So the next thing that happened was I went up to Bearsville where they were recording, but I didn't record anything there. They just had rehearsals. And I think it's maybe just because Paul Fox wanted to meet me or look at me before he <laughs> said, Study. yeah, this guy can play on the record. I'm pretty sure that that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. So I came and I played I played just in these rehearsals. They So the way Bearsville is set up is there's a main recording studio and then there's another recording studio in a little barn. Right. And very often that you use both facilities and you, so they were rehearsing and demoing and writing in the barn and then they'd go to the studio to do. So I never recorded up there, but I did, did a couple days of rehearsing and that's when I sort of learned the song, some of the songs and I learned more of the songs than I ended up playing on. I wanted to ask about that. Like why these three songs and why not yeah. other songs or why, you know? Well, I think that a, it was pretty far down. They had already recorded most oh, of the okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was definitely brought in after the main recording was done. Mm-hmm. Though there were a few songs that that they were still working on, but I remember playing on songs I didn't play on. Like I remember playing on "Sleeping in the Flowers" and oh, and it's not on the the album. No, wow. because we were just it was just like a rehearsal, and I'm pretty sure I got a crack at that solo before they got Quine to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll say that. Well, there you go. Right. I you know the biggest debt, the greatest thing the Giants ever did for me is put me on the same record as Robert Quine and. And on the credits, we're right next to each other. Yeah. And that's like, that just blows my mind still when I see it. I was like, you can wipe all my solos and have Quine play them. <laughs> After that, it was just playing on the songs that, that I played on. Thank you, Jay. You're Whoa. what a great guy. Yeah, I found it fascinating that he's not playing a pedal steel guitar. It's an it's an application. I actually looked up mm-hmm. YouTube videos to understand. It's an application that you add. It attaches to the strap and your strap, oh, how yes. you move the neck up and down changes like it bends the strings. Yeah. It's crazy. And he, yeah, he's doing all these great like uh, little in-between melodies mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. really providing because otherwise everyone's kind of playing it pretty straight. Yeah. You know, even the bass is pretty straight on. The drums in this song are very, very dry. You know, they, they're, I mean, it feels like it must be hard for a drummer to play like a quiet or slow song because you like, what do you do? Mm. Linnell's doing, he's playing the organ. It's just kind of gelling everything together, really. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I love a song where the lyrics have a lot of quotes in them. Like mm. we're looking at the lyrics now. There, it's just all quotes from the characters because mm. I, I, I like songs that are like a, a, from a storyteller's point of view, you know? I like that it starts with, am I funny? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I know. that. that in there. I really relate to that. Yeah. I bomb. I, t- I tweeted this recently. <laughs> I, one of my jobs, I made a joke to like 
two people and they just stared at me and it yeah. was like, wow. But you know, I decided to just lean into it and be like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and just like repeat it to them. Take I think it's swing. Yeah, if you just if you bomb, just like go go with it. It can be a it can be kind of a beautiful, horrible <laughs> moment in your life. I, yeah, I love I love all these lyrics because what the man is saying could be like very uh, dramatic. Like, how come you never look me in the eye? Is like <laughs> that's like a that does seem like yeah. a married couple thing. But she's just like, oh, like don't worry about it. I'm not even thinking <laughs> about it. And then yeah, please explain the expression on your face. Is like a weird demand. Yeah, that actually is. Maybe the man is the problem, yeah. right? <laughs> right, ladies, <laughs> right, sisters. Please explain the expression on your face. Then I'll know what's beneath it. Said the man. No, you won't. No, you won't. Said the I was gonna say though. The um, unconnected and free part, though, yeah. is very nice and kind I know. of like it goes with the music really well. I wonder if it's like uh, predicting a better time in the future, or maybe no. there is a, <laughs> a sliver of hope yeah. in this relationship. Maybe I mean, maybe it's literally that line is why I like it so much. Maybe she's on the drugs that are in sleeping in the flowers, uh, and she's just enjoying her high. Yeah, and she's feeling unconnected and free. Right, and he's like, "No, let's talk about." It's kind of you know. Maybe she is just high while he's talking to her. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. She's just like, "You're harsh in my buzz, man." Um, this is just a great little character study, relationship study. It's funny. A lot of my own songs are, uh, I sort of described my one time I described like someone's like, what do you write songs about? To me, the, almost all of my songs are about bad communication between different people, two people. Huh. Um, yeah, that's like a recurring theme where just like people not understanding each other kind of thing. My um, songs are just about feeling bad. Yeah, that too. But yeah, I, I love songs that are about that. Like it really speaks to me. I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of people miscommunicating. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. It's just something I think about all the time. That's why you even get into songwriting because you're trying to communicate something yeah. that you struggle with. something to say. That's right. I, I don't know if it's like a, if it steals the album or not, yeah. but I think it's like something very different for them. I mean, it kind of has got the I've got a match feel too, right? I mean, it's hmm. like, it's territory yeah. that Linnell goes to once in a while. But yeah. I think even though I love I've got a match, I think just having the real band playing sure. behind him really makes it feels more it feels emotional it feels like you said it feels kind of earnest even though to me it's like a another sly linnell kind of sure. evil <laughs> song because <laughs> like just the way he does with these relationship songs right he's just on the outside of it maybe that's his way of dealing with a thing that happened well, in yeah his i was life. gonna say it's you you yeah. can uh you can mask a lot of actual emotions and feelings which mm -hmm. they do yes i think they do too one uh, concert intro I like, uh, which I find ironic, uh, kind of like when Flansburg like introduces twisting or whatever, uh, he introduces the song as if it's a romantic song. He says, grab your partner, <laughs> slow dance time, <laughs> which to me is just the imagine like the idea of two people romantically slow <laughs> dancing to this song is like very dark and yeah. sad and funny. I just feel like I feel like sometimes the live experience of these songs really drills at home like what's going on. Well, there's probably a lot of couples breaking up at these concerts. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost did with a girl. I think I told you, you about go. that one time. Yeah. Here's another song. This is the uh, this is the uh, the bear hug spotlight dance number. So grab that grab that person standing next to you and enjoy a good slow dance. 
This is called Unrelated Things. Well, don't don't fall asleep to this gentle, slow song, Dave, because we're getting, the next thing we're going to talk about is AKA Driver, <laughs> and you don't want to be asleep during that because look out. Hello. A.K.A. Driver. Also known as a banger of a song. Right, kids? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a full Dave's drive away. That's true. That's how I sing it when I'm alone. I wish they could just call it NyQuil Driver. Well, funny you say that, Dave. <laughs> would you see my... <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to segue into anything. Dave's just looking at my notes. We can talk about the title first. Yeah, right away. It makes sense. That makes sense. That's where things start. We're not going to get complaints. I'm not going to be up all night worrying if I did the wrong <laughs> thing, like I always do. There's a song on a brand new record of John Henry. It's uh, called, it's really called My Cold Driver. That's the title of the song. Flansburg says the title of the song is NyQuil Driver. So, yeah. but I never call it NyQuil Driver. Yeah. I always, if I'm just talking with my with my boys. Yeah. <laughs> or my my girls. With the Giants boys. I call it AKA Driver because yeah. that's what it says. And by the way, Dave, look at this. What? Yep. I've got NyQuil on the desk. Wow. Listen to that. Was that a coincidence or was no. that for the show? <laughs> was I just sick? No, I took this out for because you were coming over and I was like. Oh my God, let me get the NyQuil. Let me. Man, you think of everything. Yeah. You're a marketing genius. <laughs> I know. What happened, Dave? Let me tell you a story. And I'll tell you the story using a clip of Flansburg telling you a story. Cool. Uh, which I wish I could do in my everyday life. Yeah. Here's someone to explain this for me. <laughs> It'll be like paper or plastic. I'll be like, yeah. hold on, I have a clip. <laughs> yeah. Well, the story behind AKA Driver is, is pretty simple, really. Um, you know, we, we just, we didn't want to get sued for using the word NyQuil and kind of discovered that you can sing about anything you want in the in a song. That's protected speech. That's like your First Amendment in action. Bob Dylan can write a song that says Exxon sucks, but you can't title the song Exxon sucks and then have the title be on a, a piece of product that's sold in a store because the very no the notion of copyright is that it's something that you lose if you don't protect it. If, if Exxon or NyQuil or any anybody who owns a trademark doesn't actually make a point of protecting their trademark, they lose it. So um, we didn't have to change the words to the song, which was the, the important part. And um, I couldn't really think of a better title for the song. So um, just it seemed like, you know, AKA was probably the appropriate thing since it, people know it means also known as. That seems fairly arbitrary that it's in the lyrics. We all know what so it's about. The idea was that if someone's in a store and yeah. they see the word NyQuil on the back of a CD, that they're going to be like, the CD oh, is I NyQuil take, now. Yeah, I take this. I think it's silly also, but I also think it's like, yeah, I get it if you're printing a word on a thing. But oh, at the same time, <laughs> the, it doesn't work for parody. And it's like, I guess one might argue the song could be seen as satirical. Of course. And, right? And then it would be okay, wouldn't it? Right? I don't know. I just think it should be all or nothing. But I actually kind of like the title, AKA Driver. I like too, it. In all seriousness, because it's kind of mysterious. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It has the feel of a nighttime drive. 
let's let's talk about that before we go into i want to talk about i actually have stuff to talk about with nyquil <laughs> and the what's okay. happening in the song but i want to talk about the, the the feel of the song and the music um because this is i think i think that's sort of maybe more than usual for them that's the strength of the song and that's like the point of the, of it is yeah. the, the feel so yeah tell tell me more dave what do you where do you rank this song in the album what, what does it make you feel think of it makes me feel like I've been driving a yeah. very long time, and uh, the the lines on the road are kind of getting all blurry. You yeah, know? and you're kind of falling asleep, mm -hmm. and then it gets triumphant. Yeah, it's weird. Well, it's got a great. <laughs> I mean, not to jump ahead to the chorus, but it's got a great chorus, and it. You know, the thing I noticed. They make you wait for that chorus for quite a while. Oh, they make you wait. That's a good tactic, a good songwriting tactic. Like, in, it sounds like you're going to go into the chorus, but then put another verse there. It's a good song. I don't know where you rate it from 1 to 20 on the album. I, I think it's one of the best. I was just asking Kristen, and she said it's her favorite song on the album. Whoa, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I it's think a it's a very, very good song. Really quickly about the origins of the song, because we covered this with Brian Doherty. Yeah. Um, he, he told us, go listen. I might put another YouTube. He told us, go listen he somewhere else. I didn't see. I, know, I don't just interrupt Dave. I interrupt myself. So it's not <laughs> a thing against Dave. It's just my the way I talk. He just explains that the origin of the song was that yeah. it came out of an improv. This song we worked out with the fellas in the yeah, rehearsal studio. I think it's Tony and Brian. The song is about an over-the-counter pharmaceutical drug. We like to call it NyQuil, but of course, it's better known as AKA among the culture rockers. This song is called NyQuil Drive. So there's a few things about this. They were at a show and Flansburg was saying, come to our show tomorrow. Yeah. And he's saying it's just a full day's drive away. That probably, that probably just spilled out of his mouth. Because yeah. uh, Flansburg on stage is very verbose and funny and says he's a really good showman and promoter and he promotes all this stuff as Linnell stands there. Yeah, <laughs> um, and tolerates it. So like here's here's a few examples. I just wanted to paint a picture because unfortunately gotcha. I have hundreds of shows and we don't have this show. And one day it'll show up and yeah. I'll wish to God it was part of this episode. Just another in the long line of failures <laughs> yeah. that you've had on this show. But uh, here's, I tried my best to find like parallel examples because uh, you know that's the best i can do i'm not god <laughs> i know some of you out there think i am some of our fans indeed <laughs> for based on the emails i get dave sure i started a second don't let's start email that just goes <laughs> to me and not yeah. both of us so here's like an example of like when they're promoting shows at the end of a, usually it happens at the end of a concert guys we really dig you thanks a lot we had a great time tonight and this is a song. Hey, we're playing in Chicago next weekend. Come on out. You can crash an island. You can crash into our bus. Here's a song we do over and over again. So that's a very appropriate one, right? Yeah. Um, already you see that. I mean, this is after John Henry, that clip. But already you see the... They have a kind of th thing in their head of associating like driving to a concert and crashing the car, crashing no. the bus. This kind of comes up later in the album with end of the tour, which we'll talk about. Uh, but this is like a reoccurring thing. I think they have kind of a nightmare about crashing while they're on tour. Yeah. Um, here's another one really quick just to give give the gist of of them telling, give the, a gist. telling the audience, follow us, come to the show as if it's like the Grateful Dead yeah. or something. 
don't know why Atlanta, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and all those other places that we don't know how to pronounce out there in California. So come on out if you've got any friends or just you know, start hitchhiking now. We'll be able to get there in time. So he says, start hitchhiking now. So that's, again, so basically what happened, Flansburg was like, come to the next show. It's a full day's drive away. And then they, yeah. Brian Doherty and Tony May Momi are credited on the song, which we talked to Brian about. And Brian was very appreciative right. of that. He said, like, Flansburg totally didn't have to do that. Right. You know? But he did. Um, what I imagine happened is that Brian starts playing a beat, a beat right. and they just improvised. This is, this is nothing to do with driving, but here's an example. This is from around the same time. This is from 1995. This is an example of them improvising a song on stage. Sure. And I picked I picked a pretty fun one. And this never made it into an album track. But just imagine if it did. This for some reason they start improvising a song about being a busy bee. Okay. This just happens randomly. There's no context. I know it sounds like I'm leaving out context. I swear to God, there's no context. So something like that happened, yeah. except it was about it being a full day's drive away. And, you know, it was just one of those like kind of uh, lightning in a bottle moments right. of just like, oh, shit, this is actually working. Like this, think, is, this is actually a song. You think Brian was playing that beat? I think he was playing yeah. that beat that is in the song. And maybe Tony May Mommy's going like, doo doo, right. doo doo, doo doo. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if he's credited, I think that implies that Tony kind of laid foundation of like the chords of the music, right? Right. Um, so I, I could kind of imagine this happening until that clip surfaces, which it might one day. You never know. Who has it? Who has it? Email us. Don't let's start podcast at gmail.com. Let us be the exclusive uh, <laughs> people who break the news. Beep. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to talk about with Brian's drumming and the way the song starts, and it's this great beat. It's really, I, there's something there's something special about it, even though like, like it's just the sound of drums, but Paul Fox, however he per, recorded and mixed it, it mm. gives it like a feel. And I don't really know what that is. The kick almost doesn't sound like a kick. Yeah, yeah. The kick kind of sounds more like a tom, if that makes sense to any drummers out there. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> Write us. Um, I did find this cool thing that I was saving for this discussion, which is there's a dr uh, modern drumming magazine, or it's called Modern Drummer. And I know they, that magazine. They interviewed Paul Fox because he's a drummer and a producer. Cool. And he mentions Brian Doherty in the interview. Wow. So he says, a guy I should mention is Brian Doherty. Brian is the drummer for They Might Be Giants, and he blew me away because almost every time he went to do a drum part, he did it in the first take, and usually the rest of the band would have to catch up to him. Hmm. But he never flaunted his abilities. He understood that everybody is going to come together when they come together. Wow. That was really cool to find. I did some deep Googling to find if Paul Fox said anything about drumming and yeah. drums and stuff. So 
that to me is an, uh, a good uh, example of like, he really cared about how the drum sound, he respected yeah. Brian Doherty a lot, not <laughs> the way he didn't respect Kurt Hoffman a lot, yeah. even though the horns sound good too. But um, yeah, the, the way the, the feel of the drums, it's just like, it's just a thing I can't put my finger on. I'm just like, why did these sound so interesting? Because I've heard other songs that has a beat like that. And I'm just like, it doesn't sound the same. I think it's like the way the hi-hat is going. Yeah. It kind of has a road driving feel, like kind of like, you know, like sure. it's very um, persistent, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like steady in that way. I don't know. I, I don't, am I talking out my ass? I thought that's what I was doing before. No. I think it is the kick drum. The kick drum. The kick adds a lot to it. It's a nice big sound. Whoa, I almost knocked my water over. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. A disaster. <laughs> it's a nice big sound. You know, drums are very important to the bedrock of the album. You need to uh, have a good foundation. Yeah. This fucking water. Well, Dave's making hand gestures that keep almost hitting his his water over, which would spill yeah. onto all my expensive audio equipment. Which okay. I'm done. I'm done. It might be the end of the show on several levels. I said what I had to say. Next. <laughs> no, no, say it again. Maybe because Paul Fox is a drummer, too. Like you mm -hmm. said, he understood the importance of very well-miked drums yeah. and how they lay in the mix. Yeah, drums are hard to mix. Yeah. Drums are, they kill me when I've made yeah. my albums. The drums on our album, that the Troubles of Foot album I put out was um, recorded in like a basement uh, like 10 years ago. And they weren't recorded that well. They were done for the time, for what it was, it was well. But I spent a long time just trying to make them sound not just well, but give them a feel, which is hard because yeah. you have to make a lot of like big decisions, you know? Well, I think that's maybe the difference with the drums on John yeah. Henry is they, they have a feel, like you said, a feel to them too. They're not just yeah. keeping time. They're not just the percussion. Yeah. They have a resonance mm -hmm. all their own. Yes. And that's a problem I have with a lot of modern albums by bands I like where I'm just like, oh, this just sounds like drums or this mm -hmm. just sounds like, a, like it, it doesn't, it's like lacking a certain personality. It's funny, we watched a comedy movie last night that was pretty funny. A comedy movie? A comedy movie that I heard is wow. <laughs> that they're was making these days. <laughs> yeah, it was a talkie. I won't say which movie because I'm embarrassed, but uh, should I say it? You do you, babe. It was a Sandra Bullock movie. Wow, but, I uh, really wish you hadn't said that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Respect it was, way down. It was charming, but I'll bet. one thing I said after the movie was... It was pretty. Why did we watch that? It was pretty funny, but it didn't have its own comedic voice. Like it just, it kind of just had the same kind of comedy you see in a lot of movies. Whereas when you there's a movie made by a strong comedic voice, yeah. you're just like, oh, that's like a like a Farrelly Brothers. Yeah, or like one of my favorite movies is The Wrong Guy, the Dave Foley movie, uh, and I'm just like, this is so his humor. Like it's exactly what he finds funny. Sure. And so I, I sort of the same thing the way, I mean, this might be a long uh, stretch, but it's like the way the albums, a lot of stuff is made these days where it's just like functional. We're just like, these drums are there. They're there. Okay. The kids today with their drums. Let's talk about the, the subject matter of the song. Uh, NyQuil, Dave, do you, do you partake? Do you indulge? I don't take medicine. You don't? Yeah. No, not really. Because every time you take medicine, it makes you weaker. Really? Yeah. I let my body heal itself. You've got all these sores <laughs> on your face, though. Yeah, I, I have leprosy. <laughs> um, well, Jordan, out of the two of us, who gets sick more? Since COVID, I have not gotten sick once because of masks, I think. So check that out. All right, before COVID. Before COVID, I was sick every month. <laughs> there you go. When <laughs> yeah. was the last time I was sick? I'm You're like, never I'm like sick. never sick. You're never sick. My body is a temple. <laughs> You've got a sick mind, though. True. 
Am I right, <laughs> ladies? <It's> wild. <laughs> um, I'm a wild man. So NyQuil, Dave, let's watch this NyQuil commercial from 1994 that when John Henry came out. I mean, I guess I have nothing better to do. <laughs> oh, this is the worst. Poor oh, baby. I'm coughing. I'm sneezing. I got a scratchy throat. And I ache all over. Sounds like a cold for NyQuil. Well, what about all these? No need. NyQuil's a cough syrup, a decongestant, and a pain reliever. It does all that? And NyQuil lets you get the sleep you need. <laughs> Wake me when my cold's over. When your cold is at its worst, NyQuil is at its best. In the 90s, the camera was always right in people's faces. <laughs> yeah. I love the genre of commercial <laughs> of the put-upon wife. Yeah. <laughs> and the idiot husband. And the, yeah, the, the useless <laughs> yeah. piece of shit on the couch. It's, it's in a lot of commercials where the wife's like, I hate my husband. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to not leave him <laughs> yeah. and put up with him for years. I'm always, like, in these commercials, I'm like, you hate your husband. <laughs> yeah. You're a bad match. <laughs> and she was infantilizing him so you could get your sleep. I know. That, that happens, Because you're a too. fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> that can be nice though when your your lady does. It can be comforting. You know what else way. I didn't get in that commercial? Let's talk about this commercial. Yeah, that's what I wanted. She she was mouthing all the symptoms. Yes. What does that mean? Does that mean he gets sick all the time, or she like loves Nyquil? But she was doing it kind of in a mocking way. What do you mean puzzling? Mouth mouthing. Them. She was while he was saying it. This relieves this, that, and the other thing. She knew what they all were. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Puzzling. Yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the subtext? So NyQuil, uh, I've, I take it if I have a really bad cold. It really knocks you out, which is the point of the song. Yeah. It uh, affects, Thanks for explaining. It affects you in ways that are not just that they help your runny nose and stuff. It, yeah. it's, like a, it's like a tranquilizer. Um, I'll, the only thing <laughs> I want... Is it a tranquilizer? It's like a tranquilizer, I'll say. Tranquilizer-esque? This just popped in my head, but the active ingredient in NyQuil, dextromethorphan, yeah. <laughs> can give people a high and induce buzz-like euphoric feelings. On the street, the act of taking NyQuil to get high is called robo-tripping. People looking for this high will abuse other cough and cold medicines like Robitussin and medications which contain dextromethorphan. Whoa. So that just occurred to me. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty genius thought. Dave, you ever robo-trip? That's uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had something for that. I know, Well, I, a lot of things I prepare for the show, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's really weird. Robo, oh, like Robotussin. See, I get it. It sounds like robot tripping. Like yeah, it's a, like it's I a thought future. you just slowly turn into a cyborg. Like it's from Transmetropolitan yeah. or something. <laughs> um, so they're talking about meth? Yeah. Because there's meth in that ingredient. Or there are really? a lot of ingredients that say meth. Yeah, maybe there Dexto are. Dextomethotrane oh, or whatever. Wow, you're said. like a scientist. You're like a chemist. Yeah, they, they tell me that, <laughs> the people. But I thought it's supposed to make you go to sleep. Yeah, it does. You tell me it keeps you up and gives you a high. That's what's weird. Well, I think it's like a euphor well, it said euphoric feeling. So it's kind of like a high where you're, you're, rela Asleep? you're relaxed. <laughs> well, it's, people have different tolerances. So one thing I, was, I wanted to say was like, I've taken Benadryl once in yeah. my life. And the one time I took Benadryl... It's because I had really bad allergies. At a, it was at a former girlfriend's house, and I had really bad allergies. I took a Benadryl. Yeah. It's not even that I fell asleep. I collapsed on the couch, and I yeah. couldn't move my arms. And it was really scary. And I was saying to her, I was like, I can't move my body. I can't move my arms. Mm -hmm. I was trying to lift my arm. Like, I couldn't do it. 
So I've like never taken Benadryl again. Oh yeah, Benadryl knocks you out. But that's not, but it was like, it paralyzed me. It was so weird. And it's like, I was in a waking dream state because I was kind of like, am I? You're a sensitive boy. It was kind of like, is this a dream right now? It was like really weird. So I've also taken non-drowsy Claritin and gotten knocked out. So like, I can't take- The hell is wrong with you? (laughs) I can't take anything. Maybe I just need sleep, but I just can't (laughs) take, it was unrelated. Yeah, I just can't take anything. So you're always sick and you can't take medicine. (laughs) That's actually, yeah, that's sort of the whole idea. Yeah, and your life sounds like a living hell. Can't complain. All right. <laughs> I got my coffee. I got my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should we high five? No. <laughs> um, it's too hot. <laughs> oh, uh, you left me hanging. Flansburg, I think he finds the idea of NyQuil and drugs like these, like, interesting and funny. So here's a song that's pretty much about uh, over-the-counter pharmaceuticals used as... Uh, under-the-counter pharmaceuticals, which is why we had to change the name of the song. From Night Cool Driver to Night Cool Driver. That's funny because he has, you know, that song I Like Fun, which is about like waiting in line for your prescriptions. And (laughs) That's right. Yes. Actually, they both have songs about prescriptions. Yes, they have. They both. Well, this, uh, that's a good point. And this album, they kind of there's some swapping of song themes that I'm yeah. always like, oh, that's kind of a Linnell thing, or that's like a Flans. It happens yeah, when this, you're around someone enough. They're really in sync on this album, yeah. though. So yeah, Flansburg, I think, knows about robo-tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's robo-tripped, I don't know. Not, not gonna presume. But uh, I think the song to him, I mean, it's very simple, the lyrics. I, I, I think we should just talk about yeah. what's there. It is very sparse, lyrically. Yeah, the first um, verse, or whatever you'd even call it, it's kind of, a, I guess, the refrain. The chant. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> chant. It's, it's actually kind of very soul-coughing. That's a lot of what their songs are like, where it's like a chant kind of over and over that like just gets in your head. So I, I have a stupid thing to say about this. but we can, I'm sure. We can't fly like birds in the air. Okay, so two misheard lyrics from me in this part. The lyrics, because of the NyQuil thing, aren't even in the booklet, which is crazy. Oh, they really... So, that goes against what he said. He said you could get them printed. In get them printed, yeah, So, but they didn't. It's a CYA. Which, you to me... what that ma- stands for? No. <laughs> Cover your ass. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the lyrics were not in the album, right. I didn't know what this line was for a really long time. And I thought it was, we can fly like birds in Venus. So I thought it was this, <laughs> I thought it was a very like TMBG-ish surreal. I thought he yeah, was incorporating. I thought I misheard lyrics. <laughs> I thought he was like incorporating this, like, I thought it was like a thing about like gravity on Venus. Mm. And I thought he was just being like, imagine if we were flying like birds on Venus. Like, for example, the Pixies have a song called Bird Dream of the Olympus mm. Mons, where Charles Thompson, Black Francis said it's about a bird having a dream that he's on flying on Mars which is like very beautiful, weird idea. And I thought that's what was happening. I thought it was, we can fly like birds in in Venus. I don't think the air sounds like Venus at all. I know, I know. But that's for years, like a long time. So then I saw, I realized it was birds in the air, but I thought it was, we can fly like birds in the air. Because I thought he was just like, Driving down the highway at a right. speed like that is kind of like flying. You're high up and on these. About the same thing. I just Jordan, think of like you're Mul- not alone. Mulholland Drive or something like those curvy mountains. I yeah. was thinking of that with this song, you know. What's, what's that thing called in uh, Italy? The uh, the famous speedway thing. A spaghetti. The spaghetti <laughs> sauce. Uh. <laughs> spaghetti speedway. I think that's yeah. a Mario Kart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. yeah, it's like the spaghetti speedway. We can't fly. 
we could walk, but we'd never get there. You know what's funny about this one that I was just thinking of today is that do you do this thing in Google Maps where you're like, how long would it take to walk? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, once in a while. 84 hours. <laughs> it doesn't even seem that long. Sometimes I think because we're... Let's walk to New Jersey. Me and Kristen, we we wanna we talk about driving to Seattle sometime. Yeah. Because we take planes there a lot, as me and you are, in like two weeks. Wow. Just freaking Can't me wait. out. Freaking but you out. One thing we want to do one time is drive to Seattle because that's just an opportunity yeah, to a visit a bunch of trip. things like pit, you know, uh, like the pits, like the pits and the <laughs> the tar pits, <laughs> the tar pits. Yeah. But I was like, how long would it take if we walk there? And it was like, oh, two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. Wait. Okay. I'm guessing two weeks. It would take. 922 hours. Okay. How long is that divided by 24, 24 hours in a day? 38 days, about. So All that, right. It's more like a, a month. Yeah. It'll take about a month to walk to, well, let's say you're sleeping. Maybe like, for you. Maybe two months to walk to Seattle. I walk fast. I do too, actually. We walk, I, we I think walk you fast. could do this in two weeks. <laughs> I say you go for it. Wow. This route includes a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> well, right at Seattle. Yeah. God damn it. This route. I was going to walk. Crosses through Canada. You know what sucks though, but Seattle is very hilly. So like it right is. when you get there, you're like, fuck, now I gotta walk up yeah. a hill. And then you gotta walk back home. Where we're staying in Seattle, Dave, it's at the it's a really long uphill to walk there oh, from, that's the, great. from the subway. And it kind <laughs> like of my life's not enough of an uphill battle. Thank you. One thing I like about the second time the the chant is in it is there's like a lingering it says this goes with the atmosphere. It's just a lingering high note, you know, that's kind of ghost yeah. ghostly. It all sounds like driving on a highway. Yeah. They say life is a highway. You know, it's a good... Tunnel vision. It, like, David Lynch put out these two albums, yeah. and every song sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, every song sounds like driving on a highway at night, and I'm pretty sure that's why he made the album. Like, that was the purpose he wanted the album to be played under. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love, like, Linnell's not doing anything too showy on the on his part in the song. He's just playing one note, or he's doing just the chords in the chorus and stuff. Um, he does have a great harmony in the chorus. I love that, mm -hmm. you know? Nyquil driver. It's yeah. like just great, really poppy. Supporting the main vocal He's in a nice bed. He's so supportive. Big hands on 120. Big hands on 120, little hands on E. I mean, these are not super mysterious lyrics. I finally got that. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, these are one of the few lyrics I got right away. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny, like what you're saying, that the music's very atmospheric and mysterious. Yeah. I, I think that ba counterbalances the, um, or just balances. I don't know. What are, what are you supposed to say? Um, Either or. I think it just helps because the lyrics are like, oh, I, I get what's happening. It's that someone's fucked up on NyQuil and is about to crash into someone and the chorus is from the other person in the car, in the other car, I think, saying, get out of my way. Oh, my God. <laughs> but the music just has like this eerie feel that they don't yeah. do a lot for such a, a band that has so many mysterious lyrics. And the music's generally kind of like upbeat and poppy. And, mm -hmm. and But this this song to me is, again, what we were talking about with John Henry is it just has this rock. It has a feel that the other albums just don't really do a lot. And this is like the great example that the chorus is so catchy and yeah. fun and rocking. It's really just big guitars. We both noticed the great bass fill. Yeah, that yeah. I love that. Do, 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 do. It's like really drives. Oh my God, no pun intended, Dave. 
It's okay. Really drives it all, you know, <laughs> drives it home, <laughs> whatever. I mean, maybe they were thinking of driving music. Yes. Music that drives you. Good point, Dave. Nice. No, <laughs> well, this is one of the only They Might Be Giants albums that's like a really good driving album. Yeah. Like it's really good for driving, um, especially this song. It's, this almost seems like a song that should be towards the end of an album, but I think it's hmm. still at a good place. I have to get back to you on that. The other aspect of the song is like what we were saying before, the whole, I think a lot of it was inspired by the touring and the driving mm-hmm. nonstop. No problem. I've got actually uh, AKA Driver oh, cool. queued up here, which was kind of like an in-between single, I think. Mm-hmm. Seemed like it. Is there uh, any story behind this or a setup for yeah, this one? It's sort of, you know, it's kind of about driving around all the time. But it's not about us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is music from They Might Be Giants on WBER driving around all the time, which they do. And that, I think what fits that is that repetitiveness. Yeah, The fact that sure. there, there's not a lot of lyrics and just, just a full day, like over and over and over because you're just, you're kind of hypnotized. And, yeah. some, and some people might not like that. I like that. I like long drives sometimes because you just get in a kind of a zone and you, I mean, you have to pick good music to listen to and yeah. stuff, but like- Good people. Good people to be with. Well, the couple times that I've really enjoyed, I've been by myself coming home from a job or- I, when I sure. re- when I recorded uh, our album with Daniel, I drove home four hours by myself at night, and I put on like a really good playlist, and I was like really in this, you know, it was like I don't know, it's kind of this like dreamy, nice feel, yeah. and I the song captures those that endless. I almost feel like it could have been longer, hmm. like they they don't do that, but this to me this is a good candidate for just a long jam song where you could just right. keep it going and going. Well, the end has a little bit of more free form at it. Yeah. It. I think that could have gone for like another minute wow. or two, honestly. Like this this to me would be like, if I was looking at all the songs I have for now, I'd be like, oh, this one could be, we can we can keep on going. We can ran, ran, <laughs> we, we could jam out. We can out. rare. <laughs> we can rare. We could jam out to this. We yeah. could keep this this vibe going, you know. This next song was inspired by the first four hours of driving today, and it's dedicated to the next five hours of driving. The other thing I really admire about this song on this album, like in this production, is that like you could have done like a really atmospheric song with a lot of like samples and trickery that yeah. they normally do, but it's all from like the instruments. Yeah, a lot of the organ. It's the organ the... and the guitars, tones, and it's all like they're creating the vibe from just holding instruments and not like they're not tricking, yeah. they're not faking it, they're not putting in sounds, it's not sounds of the wind or sound. Yeah. yeah, exactly. One of the highlights of the song, I'd say, in my opinion, but I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. is Flansburg's guitar solo. Yeah. Let's listen to that. I agree with you. I'm not just saying that. So yeah, it's like, I, I don't know what that what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what notes it's those are. It's very Flansburg where there's like a... There's a wonkiness to it, but it's perfect for the song. And I just noticed there's also more guitar scratching yeah. on the side going like, yeah. you know, the whole song and seem with what I was trying to, it's kind of what I was trying to say about the hi-hat. The whole song sounds like the car is dragging along things like on the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting. 
there's just like this feeling to it of just repetitiveness and yeah. like going, you know, like like a ticking clock. Like it also da, 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 seems da, da, like da, da, the car da, 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 da. is kind of breaking down. Yeah, like the car is <laughs> the falling. It's Basically going. reminds me of the old car that I had for a while that we just yeah. got rid of last year, which I was kind of sad to say goodbye to it. But we had this 2000 Camry that was broken in every way you could break a car over the, like the mirrors were broken, the the doors were all dented, the doors wouldn't, Dave remembers, because he, Dave, with his with his monstrous strength, broke the door handle mm-hmm. trying to get out of the car. I was like, what is this contraption? He was like, it was like made of clay and it just broke. Yeah. So then you had to roll the window down to open the door. I'm like then, Superman. I live in a world of paper. And then the same thing happened on the driver's side, on my yeah. side, so that you couldn't open both doors from inside the car. Yeah, <laughs> you needed safe. To, to roll the window down. It was so dumb. So this song reminds me of that car. That's great. <laughs> One interesting thing I never noticed before, no bass in that end section. Like when the acoustic guitar comes in and the drum beat, yeah. there's no like do-do-do. There's no there's no like bass playing. Is the bass doing that weird noise? It sounds like you're dragging a muffler. That's what I'm wondering is yeah. if the bass is going. Yeah, or maybe right? like a pick scrape or something, a really slow yeah, one. Yeah, because I really think their goal was to, sure. to create it with the instruments they had on hand and almost like a, like a live band could do it. But the fact that I never noticed that the, the electric guitars leave, including the bass. And then that's why I think that's why it has such a different feel hmm. because suddenly there's like kind of a big hole in the middle and it's just. In the soul. And then you also have like, there's like a theremin type noise, right. which gives it that. I don't know. To me, it makes me think of like a lot of UFO encounters. Of course. Are like, they all have theremins. <laughs> they all, all aliens carry them. Yeah. But they, a lot of them, a lot of the stories are, uh, it's like a couple driving at night and right. it kind of happens in the middle of the road and the car stops, you know, and like, that's I like, guess a, that's what happened to this couple. It's a very common thing. But like the theremin being in the song, like, it's like, you know, it, it definitely could be cheesy if you do it the wrong way. But it works here because it's like, yeah. it's part of the atmosphere of it, I think. Very 50s. And the acoustic guitar, I, I mean, one of my notes here is like, it gives it kind of a scary country feel. Because a lot of these sure. long, when you're doing a long road trip and driving back, very little of that is in like a normal, like normal, <laughs> so like elitist. Very Wow, li- Jordan. Very little of that is in like a city. Most of the country is like, yeah. is country. It's and, a big old country. And it's, it's like, almost unbelievable sometimes like how long you could drive where yeah. there's just nothing just some like, scattered farmhouses yeah like a couple a farmhouses cow. there's cows a cow or two the acoustic guitar gives me that like you're driving past someone on a porch or something and <laughs> it's just got that feel to it rather than electric electric guitars to me feel very city and acoustic, yeah acoustics. it's the rocking city and acoustic guitars like deliverance yeah exactly you know what i mean though yeah. like the, the the end of the song has that feel like oh now we're just in the middle of nowhere yeah and then the spaceship came and beamed and them the up. And the spaceship comes. Because um, the aliens wanted to learn how to play guitar. One last thing about this song, which uh, I think is thematically interesting, is that in, in 1994, they started, they did this a few times where they ended the song by blending into Staying Alive. <laughs> and I'll play that for I you. Won't, I won't believe it until I hear it. Can you believe it? 
So I think that's a, it's like, at first glance, it's just weird and funny, but I, staying alive with this song is perfect because it's about a car crash uh-huh. and the narrator probably died. And like you're driving on the highway, trying to keep going and just that going into staying alive is like very dark and perfect for uh, They Might Be Giants like song reference. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, um, there you have it. It gives like a dark feel to that song. They have this weird way. They almost ruin songs like <laughs> because they just make them so dark and tragic and like they ruin they or add, make they, better. They add these new. Well, yeah, that too. They add these new layers to, yeah. to like classic song. So AKA Driver, NyQuil Driver. Personal favorite. I love great it. Great song. Just unlike anything they've ever really done before. It's just so right. great. I This is one where I'm surprised they don't play it live anymore. Like, that's oh, actually, yeah. that actually shocks me. What a crowd stopper it would be. Crowd stopper? Is that, is that the term? Um, Showstopper. Yeah. It's a crowd stopper. Crowd stopper is like a... A giant foot that comes ex- down Exterminator from comes yeah. in to, like, kill your crowd for yeah. you. New band name, Crowdstopper. I can't imagine this song isn't fun to play. Yeah. Right? Like, it seems fun to play. I'm going to play it when I go home. Yeah. I'm going to figure it out. This has been Don't Let's Start a Podcast about They Might Be Giants. Please email us. Don't Let's Start Podcast at gmail.com. I check my email constantly, everyone. You know I'm going to read it. I might not respond for a while, but I'm going to read it. I check it too. Dave checks it too. I some I get, I know because I get emails yeah. saying someone is trying to break into your yeah. account. I'm like, it's God me. damn it, it's Dave. Twitter at Don't Let's Pod. Follow us there. I am fairly chatty and talkative <laughs> with people. I don't know. It's a fun little. I don't know if it's a community, but it's yeah. something. There's something happening. Uh, I'll take your word for it. And yeah, John Henry Part Three is coming up. So that's enough housekeeping. And Dave, what's wrong? How come you never look me in the eye? Aren't you listening to me? Not at all. Not at all, man. 